0: Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Byrd of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life.
1: Welcome back everybody to another edition of the podcast and today in relation to new year's day, new year's Eve, the whole switching from one year to another coming up, uh, we thought we would look at the topic of renewal and the idea of like starting over or starting something new or making a change in your life. And so we're going to look at that topic today on the podcast. And so, uh, Mitch, why don't you just kind of generally describe uh this topic from your vantage point and then we can kind of discuss from there. So in my
0: conversations I've had with other people and in my own life, I kind of get the feeling, we were talking about this before we were recording, that we like to think of being renewed is kind of like this light switch. I mean, you, you kind of see that even with New Year's resolutions and stuff like this. We think a change is just going to happen immediately. We think just because it's a new year, things are going to be magically different. But you know, I always think of, um, the intro to Romans 12, which is, you know, don't no longer conform to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, you know, transformation and renewing. I mean, these are ongoing. Processes They don't just happen all at once. Um, so for me, I think it's always important to look at it as um, a work in progress. And the other part of it is not like it's not my hands on the steering wheel doing it. I mean, I do play some part in being complicit to what God wants to do, but it's God's work of art. It's his craftsmanship. Um, and, you know, he is in control of that process and it's on his time. So I, I would say, yeah, it's mostly about understanding for me that renewal is a process and that, um, you know, renewal doesn't get credited to me. It gets credited to the father.
1: What about you, J Money? <laughs> if you're in youth group or our youth group at church, that name comes up. <laughs> it's not typical of – or J-Dog. Somehow that got carried over, like the least – looking person to be called that, I think, but whatever, That's perfect. it's, it's become, it's become a thing, at least in the last year, I think. But anyway, back to our topic. So I know maybe, unless I just missed it there, I know we talked about at the beginning, uh, before we started recording about just, I think you touched on it there about the way our culture approaches renewal. And I know you made a comment about how There's this preconception that, or, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like we, one of the big deals about new year's Eve, new year's day, like the change of a new year is like, what's your new year's resolution? I mean, exercise companies have, or fitness companies have like made a large part of their money, at least, at least from advertising wise, it seems that way on getting people to like, Oh yeah, in this new year, I'm going to make this change to exercise more. And so, there's something historically and culturally that has become associated with the changing of a year of changing something about oneself. And while that idea is like, you know, morally neutral in general, like there's nothing wrong with changing yourself. I think as followers of Jesus, like if we didn't talk about that, like none of it makes, there's no point of following Jesus. if There's nothing that needs to be changed. Like the reality is we live in a sinful world we're all impacted by sin. We all need saved and delivered from uh, our separation from God and the, the way of life that we've taken on apart from him. So like we need to be changed. But I think for followers of Jesus, where this whole thing comes back to is like, are we shaped and formed by the way culture approaches change? Or do we have other, are there other things that, initiate change or for us to have, you know, initiate change into our own life. And I think that's where maybe this conversation switches for a follower of Jesus. I think from my end, a couple of things that came to mind, just thinking about the whole idea of like renewal or change. There's a few phrases or, or, or some language from the Bible that comes to mind when I think of this. And the first one is just the idea of being born again. It seems like in the Christian landscape right now, that term's maybe not used as much just because of how much it's taken on baggage from an evangelical standpoint and just a cultural standpoint. But the idea is just very biblical from the conversation that Nicodemus has in John chapter three with, with Jesus, where he, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and uh, basically talks about like, how can, You know, how can I be born again? Or like, how can I have eternal life? Like, what what do I need to do? Like, how does this work? Jesus starts telling him, like, you can't see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. So Jesus himself uses that language. And that's where Nicodemus starts going. Like, what do you mean born again? Like, I'm already, I've already been born. Like, how does that work? And like, he just can't conceptualize the idea of like how to have a renewed life. And probably part of that is just like any one of us. Like if we don't know, if we didn't know Jesus, like we wouldn't know how lost we really are. Like, but seeing Jesus kind of in relation to our life, like we can see that. And so just from the, just the idea that like within the framework of following Jesus, the idea of being born again or starting life over, if you will, is very much there at the heart of following Jesus. It's very much there at what Jesus is calling his followers to be about. And while that isn't something you do over and over and over again, um, we see throughout the rest of scripture, at least in the new Testament, that the idea of being born again is, is more like the starting point. It's the beginning. Like that's just like your biological life. You, your life begins, I mean, at least the experiential part of it, um, in the awareness side of it begins at birth I mean, there's conception and, and all the things that kind of lead up to it, but that's like your awareness of like beginning. That's what we celebrate with our birthdays and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just like the day today we're recording this, my, uh, one son's birthday is today. It's like, we just, we're going through that today. And, um, but that's the beginning, right? Like you don't like do a birthday, like, you you don't, you're not born like every year, like you celebrate that you look back on it, but you don't you know, go enter your mother's womb and come out again, like every year. It's not, that's not the kind of renewal. Rather you grow and mature and there's a, there's like an ongoing process that seems to happen, which then that brings in some other terms, uh, like the idea of repentance, which is the idea of changing direction. So there's the idea of change or renewal within kind of a moment in time. And then you also have just different practices within following Jesus. Like for fathers of Jesus who gather to worship, Every Sunday uh, and for those of us who take communion fairly frequently in that in that way, a communion is this other time that we have of where we can reground ourselves with God like where we can reflect on the past week. We can see who, you know, see the goodness of who God is in it through Jesus and then how we need to reorient and reground ourself into following him and following the way that he did to the cross and the way he serves and and loves and and all those different things that we see in the character of God in it through Jesus. So those are a few things that that come to my mind, at least when thinking about renewal in relation to following Jesus and what we see in scripture. Are there any of those things you want to touch on or Anything else that comes to mind in kind of relation to that?
0: Yeah, so to piggyback on that and to kind of talk a little bit about what I mentioned earlier about, you know, not us being in control of something like this happening, but God being in control of it happening is the fact that He fills us of His Spirit. You know, we're born again. We are filled of His Spirit. We are given all the tools necessary to live a godly and holy life with Him. You know, I always think of like Second Timothy one seven, which says God didn't fill us of His Spirit to be timid, but instead to have power, love, and self discipline. And even in those three words or characteristics, you see that it's not just a one time thing. You know, power over our sin. You know, with repentance and stuff like that, it's not just a one time thing. It's it's to be exercised in a multitude of different situations love is not just a one time thing it's not just an act or a sudden thing that happens it's a it's a self sacrificial lifestyle you know for the people around you and self discipline is also not just a one time thing it's you know a lifestyle that comes about through real change and real renewal i i just think yeah I, to echo what you're saying it's just not there's i think we get impatient with wanting everything to happen at once but You know, we are born again. We have to go through the stages of infancy. You know, repentance is a change of mind. It's a direction. It's a gradual shift. It isn't just all at once. So,
1: Yeah, and I don't know. To me, it's interesting to think about how we are shaped and formed into thinking that it should just be this automatic process. And I think you probably have some ideas on this. But, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is just the culture that we're raised in and that we swim in each and every day is just very, it's very fast paced oriented. It's very microwave oriented. Like we live in a culture where things happen in an instant. Like if, you know, something doesn't come up on my phone right away, like I think something's wrong or it's like, I I get irritated because I become so used to it just working. And when it doesn't, it's like, it's like the whole world just stops and crashes right then and there. And so, you know i've just been shaped and formed by the world i live in to think of things just happening like that but then when i compare that to how god has worked in and through history it's like it it isn't like that and so which one is the is the grounding point for how i should have an expectation for things is it the automatic nature or is it the way god has acted all throughout history now, it isn't to say God can't act automatically, like we do see examples of like that in history, but the general course of how things have happened seems to be that time takes place for whatever reason. And I think part of that, you can even look at things like in scripture where it talks about how enduring certain things creates a certain kind of character in the process, like uh, learning how to persevere or learning patience or all those different virtues are a way of us participating in the character of God. But if it's not for us having to actually deal with real life things, those things don't become shaped and formed in us. So it's like either a world without those things where everything just happens, but then you you very easily start getting into like the, everything just kind of happens automatically and you're not actually experiencing life. And I think ultimately that's what we're wanting to experience. And that's what God through Jesus comes to offer us is real and full and abundant life. We just are blinded by it because if we push him out of the picture, or we're not aware of him or not thinking about him. We get sucked into this very narrow version of what real life is. And yeah, the immediacy may seem like that's where life is, but it looks like in reality, like God's pointing us to a lot broader and fuller version of life that, isn't just all about immediacy, but there's other things to enjoy and, and take part in there. At least that's, some of what comes to my mind. What do you think?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I think you are what you're shaped and molded by. And, you know, we live in a very, uh, well, we live in a culture that's driven by consumerism and commercialism and we get what we want immediately all the time. And if that's what we're surrounded by day in and day out, It can be easy to expect that in all facets of our life, but I think both of us have experienced that it's not quite like that. Hey, buddy, Um, that's not quite like that, that it's not just going to immediately change when it comes to our life. Our life is something very precious. It's something that's very intentional. It's something that's given to us, and um, it's also a result of a lot of choices we've made. Oh, my goodness. Buddy, if you want to sit, you can sit right there. There we go, um sorry about that um, yeah, it's a result of a lot of the choices that we've made and to kind of get steered in another direction. it's not just a it's not a one moment thing, it's a moment by moment thing. It takes a lot of intentionality and it takes a lot of time, which is the complete opposite of what we're used to to your point and you know I think that's what's beautiful about it is that i mean it, just the amount of anticipation that's there means it's more satisfying when change actually does happen it's just it's a larger work in progress but the reward is more fulfilling because of the amount of time it takes uh and the amount
1: of real progress that happens over the time that it takes yeah and 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 me saying that like i'm saying that like but it's definitely not like that's how i easily default to so don't hear me or don't read that into my life please because i still struggle with detaching myself from an a version of life that that isn't what christ is calling us to and while i can see that that's what we're called to actually engaging and living into that's you know a harder thing and you know that's we're all on that journey of doing that of of God stripping us of the things that aren't full of life and, and placing us in rhythms and patterns and in a way of life that is full and, and abundant. And, um, I mean, that's the, the process of sanctification. And, and it's just like ongoing life, uh, of, of being renewed day in and day out and, and having God shape and mold us in that way. And I mean, ultimately you can see kind of this whole renewal process with what we see in revelation in chapter 21, where, uh, John in the revelation he gives in, in Revelation in the New Testament says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So there, right there you have the whole newness aspect. And so just the idea of the old going away and the new coming, but this is, I mean, Paul make, makes similar reference to this in second Corinthians where he says in chapter five, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The, the new is here. And it's this resurrection life that we see in the resurrection body of Jesus and the resurrection life that he experiences. That we have begun to participate in an anticipatory sense. It seems you know, like we get the kind of we get to enjoy aspects of it now, but not to the fullest extent because it hasn't fully happened for all of us. <coughs> Cough button. <laughs> um, but it hasn't fully come for us in, in in the fullest sense yet. And yet, that's what we look forward to and. One of my favorite uh, writers and thinkers, N.T. Wright, makes the point of, like, what's what's the point of living in a, a new way now, even though it hasn't fully come? And his whole point is, like, living that way now you know, like trains and prepares us to live like that into the future. So, like, if that's the life we anticipate forever, we have the benefit now of getting to live into that now. Like, it's like um, getting to see a movie ahead of time before the public does. It's like that kind of idea, like... You get a sneak peek, if you will, or like this kind of, it's probably more like a movie trailer is probably the better example of that. Like you get a sneak peek of the full thing. You get a taste of it. You get to actually see parts of the movie, but not the full thing yet. And eventually, you know, we will. And that's what's promised in 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 the, through following Christ. You want to, you want to add anything more? No, I think that was really good. All right. We're going to move into our 168 Debate segment where we're going to talk about our takes on New Year's Eve traditions and what we think of them. Yes. You want to start off or you want me to?
0: Uh, yeah, so the question I had in mind, and again, it's not meant to be an offensive question or anything like that, but it's, are New Year's Eve traditions dumb? Now they can be dumb. You can acknowledge them as dumb and still enjoy them. You can say they're not dumb and still enjoy them. Or you could think they're dumb and hate them. Or you could think they're not dumb and still hate them. Either way, there's a multitude of opinions here. As for me, <laughs> I think that New it's Year's Eve- As for me, me and my house. <laughs> as for me and my house, we will not serve the dumb New Year's Eve traditions. Uh, I think they're very dumb. Um typically when an object falls out of the sky, um, we we normally don't congregate to the impact point of the object. We normally stay away from it. And I know the ball drops very slowly, but still, this is yeah. good training ground. We, we just talked about training for the future. If something falls out of the sky, get away from it. I'm not sure why... A ball so dropping. So, what do
1: you do for? I mean, do you do anything? Like, what what do you gravitate toward on New Year's Eve?
0: Uh I usually go to bed at eleven and uh, don't deal with it.
1: And then so I. So you're on whatever. Was <clears throat> Bermuda on a different time? <laughs> so you're on like what time? I I don't know, but, but. you
0: know, I, my my New Year's Eve traditions typically involve going to bed and not paying attention to it, and then also. You know, after New Year's Eve, I usually struggle to remember the year for at least two months when I'm writing it down on checks or something else. So. Check. How old are you? You actually use checks? Unfortunately, (laughs) sometimes you gotta. Um, but yeah, uh, the other thing, like New Year's resolutions, again, I mean, what's the, isn't it like something like 70 something percent of New Year's resolutions go unfulfilled? Like they go for like a week. It's almost like a laughing stock kind of thing
1: anymore. Like I made one and ha ha ha! I kept it for however long. Exactly.
0: It's like you don't need to wait until the new year to change yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean to harken back to our earlier conversation. um, That is kind of our, our ultimate point. Is like followers of Jesus, it's there isn't like this a particular time you can do that. Like we have the freedom now to and the empowerment to do those things now like we don't have to wait to like the certain period of time to to make some you know to to help initiate a change in our life we have the power of god's spirit living in us and we can make a choice to start doing things the way that christ does them here now um and that's not to say like like i'm hopefully that's caught in what i'm saying like it's not a us doing it alone it's a us empowered and guided in that process to to do that but yeah, so, like, yeah, I mean, I, I get culturally, like, that it's a thing. I, I think for me, uh, what else, I guess before I go in, what else do you have to add there? I um, don't cut you off.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's a just an, another thing is just, like, the dumb way we romanticize it, too. Like, everyone has to kiss somebody, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, then what? <laughs> it's like, does anything ever come out of those kinds of situations? Like, I, I don't know. It's like it's just another element to add on top of it that's like it's great for movies and selling cards and stuff like that, but I'm not really sure it's substantive in real life. So I think they're dumb. What about you, Jordan?
1: Yeah, I mean I I probably think similar in that like there I don't find there to be any grand meaning to most of the cultural New Year's Eve elements that we have. Like I I I mean, when I was younger I used to think it was like like, I wanted to stay up until midnight, like, do the whole thing, like, I don't know, it was like, I felt like I was a part of something, I guess. Like, the order I've got, like, the whole, like, Times Square thing is, like, the most anticlimactic thing you could ever do to celebrate something. Like, if it actually did drop and something exploded, I think I would actually want to wait up more for that, but, like, the, like, it's, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, it's just so anticlimactic, it's just, like, s- this bulb slowly drops, and then it's, like, Three, two, one, and then it's just like nothing happens. There's not like I don't know, I mean a bunch of people maybe scream and yelling in Times Square, or like around TV or whatever, but it's like nothing grand really happened. I don't know. I mean some countries you see fireworks and all that kind of stuff and that you know, that's kinda of fun and cool. But yeah, it's a very that part of it is very anticlimactic. But it also is like this historic thing and so I think I'm always caught by like the like but this is something that's always been like it's a tradition and like I do kind of get nostalgia with some of that kind of stuff, but some of that stuff's already kind of started to go by the wayside with some of the people who used to host those things. And at least with as far as having been on TV and stuff like that. But, um, and I think in more recent years, especially now that we have kids, like it's even less of a, like they don't stay up at least not yet until, you know, so it's like, they're not even partaking in it. If we do, it's the next day or it's like the countdown at noon kind of a thing which is fun to do. Like there's, you know, celebratory thing to kind of do with, with them. And it's fun to do that, but I'm not sure they really know. Like they don't know what is even happening. Um, I, I've always thought it kind of odd that we celebrate the whole like change. Like it's like, Oh, that year's gone as if like something's really changed, but it's like really, I mean, it's just a way of marking time, which is good. Cause like historically it helps us keep track of stuff and all that. but, I'm trying to think if we really have any other, like we've done like get together, like party things on New Year's Eve. Like that's fun. Like I remember growing up, we used to go bowling like every New Year's Eve, which I used to think was a fun thing to do. Like, and I remember I being like distraught. Like if like, it was like, we might not do that. I'm like, no, like that's what we do. <laughs> so like, even at a young age, like that kind of a thing became something like we did. And I expected it to kind of happen. Cause like that marked that day or whatever, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I wish there was something probably more meaningful in our culture to, to attach to it, but there doesn't seem to be. And like, I don't know, last year I was in the hospital for my daughter being born. So like, it was a whole different kind of momentous. So now I have something else to celebrate on, on New Year's Eve. So it's, it's kind of taking on a little bit different meaning for our family, which is kind of cool. Cause it kind of gives it some more uh fullness if you will. But yeah. Um, So yeah, I think, I think all the, I mean, I think make it what you want it to be. That's, that's kind of my thing, I guess. I don't think you're, you're stuck to having to be. I think my one like pet peeve thing is the whole like glasses that they put on in Times Square. Once we got past the like double zeros in years and now like a one has like a hole in it, like that's where it's like you just stop, just stop. Like it, it doesn't go there. It doesn't look right. Unless you're going to fit it somewhere else in there. Anyway, so that's my (laughs) one pet peeve, but New Year's Day college football and bowls. Although my one, my one pet peeve of that is like with the playoff, I mean, it has become New Year's Eve, but like if your team's not in it, you're not into it. (laughs) And like the New Year's day bowls don't have the same meaning because of the playoff now. So like it, I feel like it's lost some of its luster, but I still, there is some nostalgia with like the rose bowl being on. On New Year's Day and some of those kinds of things, yeah. but it's all, it's become all the harder to even find where to watch those on TV. <laughs> so, um, or if you're an NHL fan, you got the winter classic and I mean, having started in Buffalo with the whole snow game and all that. Um, that's always a cool thing to look forward to, but like when it's like in DC and it's like 60 or something, it's not, I don't know, not that the snow's everywhere on New Year's Day, but if it could snow during the winter classic, like that's a cool, Cool scene to see as well. But anyway, that's my take at least. Go Bucks. Yes, go Buck Eyes. Be Notre Dame, I think, right? You, that's you who box. they're, you oh shoot, I had it wrong. You tell me. I write, see, I don't care anymore because it's not a meaningful game. <laughs> yeah,
0: but. I mean, we were thinking about.
1: I Probably thought Notre Dame off. because I saw a commercial. Why they have Ohio State and Notre Dame in the college playoff commercial, I don't know, but they are. <laughs> that's why I was thinking no, that's who they played. It, but anyway, for those of you who don't care about Ohio State stuff, just get past this part, but go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for another episode and we'll catch you in 2022. Well, actually, yeah, will this be out? No, be, you'll still be. It'll be out probably before 2022. Yeah, should be. So yeah, we'll catch you in 2022. At least on the podcast. This millennium. <laughs> All right. See y'all.